Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a high-ranking executive at a company gets himself fired. Our next reply is from a drunken Scott. The school I go to is well-respected in my country, so it wasn't uncommon for venues to request to display a student's work or to ask students to sing live for them. On the occasion in question, the largest art gallery in the country, Gallery X, had asked my school to submit inspired art to be out on display. The school agreed and said they would submit five pieces of work, one piece per year for years 9 through 13. I hated art growing up, but it was a mandatory subject until you got to choose your subjects in year 10. Needless to say, I dropped that subject ASAP. Despite hating the subject, I still put effort into my work and some of it wasn't that bad. However, at the same time, I wouldn't hide away from expressing my views when we were given a task that I didn't see a point to, even if the teacher was in earshot. Needless to say, my relationship with the art department faculty wasn't the best. My teacher at the time particularly had it in for me. He was one of those teachers that had this view that their subject should be your most important subject, regardless of your future ambitions. If he thought that you weren't prioritizing art, then he would make your life hell. Again, I hated art as a subject. He knew this. But I would still do any work he set out to the best of my ability. We had just finished a project where we had to mix different pigments to create our own unique color. Being colorblind, I struggled a lot as I literally couldn't differentiate between half of the pigments. I gave it my all, but ended up giving up halfway through the project. My teacher hated me for giving up. In his defense, he had tried to make it as easy as possible for me. But I hated the subject and saw a way out, so I took it. My teacher was beyond mad. When we went to hand in the project, he gave me a lecture about how I need to put in more effort and work harder because the quality of the work was unacceptable. Remember, I literally couldn't see half the project. Once that project was finished, my teacher told us that Gallery X had asked us to create some inspired art. We were basically shown five different paintings that we were supposed to recreate in our own way. There was a big fuss about this. People were saying that art schools would be giving out scholarships, that there was a $10,000 reward and other nonsense that 14-year-olds make up. But nevertheless, everyone wanted to be the one to have their painting in Gallery X. So for the next month and a half in my art classes, we would work on our piece. After the first week of working my piece, the excitement of the new project wore off and so did my eagerness in lessons. My teacher noticed this and went from complimenting my work to yelling at me about what I was doing wrong. By the fourth week, I was over the project and just wanted to be done with this. With two weeks left on the project, my teacher pulls me aside to tell me that my work isn't good enough and I need to improve it. I tried to improve, but he kept on belittling me. So, out of arrogance and spite, I made art my most important subject until the end of this project. I drag myself to each lesson, quietly working myself to the bone, counting down the days until the deadline of the project. After what seemed like a year to 14-year-old me, the second-to-last lesson arrives. This lesson wasn't for final touches or anything like that. My teacher had decided that he would review what each student had done well and what they could have improved on. He walks around the classroom complimenting everyone's work until he gets to mine. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I'm pretty sure none of it was positive. I do remember, however, how he finished talking about mine. You can tell that Opie hasn't given this any thought and hasn't taken this seriously. This stung because, yeah, I'd lost interest in it, but I had still worked hard in lessons and given it my best shot. The bell went off, and I sulked out of class with my tail between my legs. The last lesson finally comes, and I can't wait to be over with this stupid project. This lesson was the big one, too. 
The judges from Gallery X were coming to school to judge all the work. They come into our class and do all the formalities. These all look so good. I have no idea how we can decide on only one, etc. Then they start walking around the room muttering to each other. The whole class stood silently at the back, trying to hear what they were saying. They do a full lap of the room, then walk back over to my spot. I don't even notice this, as I had tuned out after they looked at the second painting. They then asked the teacher whose work they were standing over. He looks at them almost in disbelief as he gestures to me. I snap out of my daydream and just smile politely with no idea what's going on. The judges then confer for a while while my teacher and I frantically try to figure out what's going on. Finally, after about five minutes of mumbling, they say they want to shortlist my artwork to potentially be shown in Gallery X. I look at them in shock, then yet again smile politely and say thank you. I cannot begin to describe the look on my teacher's face. I don't think I've ever seen someone more confused, angry, and disappointed all at the same time. My teacher then begrudgingly thanks the judges and walks them to the door. He thanks them again as they leave, then stumbles back to the class. He doesn't even congratulate me on my work. He just defeatedly says, Good work, everyone. As a reward, I'll put on a documentary for you all to watch. And he did just that, not saying another thing until the end of the class. Later on that week, I got an email from Gallery X asking for my permission to display my work, which I happily said yes to. To sum it all up, the artwork that my teacher disrespected and said that I put no effort into was selected from among 192 options and got featured in the biggest art gallery in the country. OP, what I want to know is, how did you avoid becoming insufferably smug every other class session after that? I would, <laughs> I would have come into art class every day and been like, Golly gee, teacher, I just can't wait to start today's lesson. I just love art class because, after all, I'm just so good at it. Wouldn't you agree, teacher? Oh, you don't agree? Well, then how did I get my artwork featured in a national gallery? I mean, have you ever gotten your artwork featured in Gallery X? Our next Reddit post is from Acapella. I'm the sole communications and social media person for a small company. I went to school in this field and have done it professionally in a few different spheres. My boss, on the other hand, doesn't even know what a Facebook or Twitter page looks like and what any of the buttons do. Yet, she still micromanages me all day every day and I'm going crazy. I always schedule our email campaigns spread out enough so that people aren't getting bombarded, generally one per week at most. This is one of the most basic rules of communication and should be common sense even if you don't have a degree in this. Multiple times she's demanded that I post something immediately, even though the next few slots are already filled with posts that are more time sensitive. She always tells me to just send both in the same day, and I've explained to her numerous times that this is a terrible idea. In nice terms. Well, I gave my two weeks notice this past Monday, so I don't care anymore about fighting for what's best for the company. This time, I said I was going to push back each of our scheduled posts by one slot so we can post a listing for my job vacancy immediately. Because, for once, the new post actually is more time-sensitive than the others. Once again, she tells me to post both the job listing and the one originally planned for that day. Fine, I send out both. It's been three days, and we've already lost 11% of our subscribers, and nobody has yet applied for my job since the listing was buried. I present stats on the success of our email campaigns, website, social media, etc. once per week to my boss's boss. I look forward to explaining this drop to him in a few days. 
So I don't know what business OP is in, but as a YouTuber, if I had an employee who did something that caused me to lose 11% of my subscribers in one day, they would be instantly fired, no questions asked. So I'm going to guess that things didn't turn out quite so well for Mrs. Micromanager over there. Our next Reddit post is from PJ Expat. I used to work for a marketing company that serviced small and medium-sized businesses across America. It was a multi-billion dollar revenue company. The CEO was a true rags-to-riches story. He joined the company right after he got out of jail in his early 20s for a small drug charge and worked his way up over 20 years to eventually become the CEO of the company. The CEO strongly believed that the success of the company didn't come from the brilliant and intelligent minds that he hired for his executive team, but instead, the hard work, sweat, and tears of the infield sales reps, service reps, collection reps, and sales managers. He would often say that without sales, we don't have the revenue to pay your salaries. Without customer service, customers will drop us faster than we can bill them. Without collection reps, we'd lose too many accounts due to non-payment. And without sales managers to hold it all together, we'd fall apart. And he had one rule. Every single executive team member would spend one full week of each quarter in the field with a sales manager, customer service rep, collections rep, or sales rep. In addition, when they're in the field, they are to submit to whoever they've been assigned to and may not pull rank. This rule applied to everyone, including the CEO. I know this because the CEO personally rode along with me for five days in the field. He's legitimately a cool guy. So apparently we'd hired a new VP of marketing from a major brand that I'm sure everyone in the sub would know of. Anyway, apparently, the first time that the VP of marketing went in the field, he pulled rank on a sales manager and the sales manager reported this directly to the CEO. A new quarter went by and I got an email stating that the VP of marketing would be joining me in the field on such and such week. Okay, cool. Not the first time I had some higher up come out and ride with me. But about an hour later, I got a call from my CEO. PJ, the VP of marketing is going in the field with you. Yes, sir. I got the email. I picked PJ for you because when I was in the field with you, you seemed like the kind of guy that wouldn't be bullied or let someone run all over you. Oh, well, thank you. This VP is new to the company, and the last time he went in the field, he pulled rank. I've told him not to pull rank again, and if he does, I want you to call me as soon as you can. I understand. Thank you. The VP of marketing meets me, and honestly, for the first two days, everything was fine. However, on the third day, I was meeting with an existing client. This client was a difficult-to-please customer. He would say we weren't worth the money, but I knew that we were because I could see his results. And over the year, this client's business had grown a lot. The client would beat us up over pricing, but I'd stand firm, give him a 3% price increase, and offer him upgrades on top, but he'd aggro me down to a 1.5% price increase and we'd sign the contract. Now, I told the VP what would happen, that it would be a long sales call and a difficult, high-tension one, but to let me handle it, because I've dealt with this client quite a bit and I was well prepared. Now, this meeting with the client lasted two and a half hours, but I'll get to the point. The client wanted a discount and was threatening to go to our competitor, but I knew he wouldn't. That's when the VP spoke up and said, I'm the VP and I'll personally give you a 15% discount on your current plan if you agree to sign a one-year contract. The customer said 20% and the VP said, split the difference, 17.5 and we have a deal. They agreed and I was mad as hell. One thing to mention was that my commission depended on me generating more revenue, and this VP just screwed me over. We get to my car and I go, you pulled rank, you shouldn't have done that. 
He said, I got the deal done. I said, had you kept your mouth shut, I'd have gotten more money, not given 20% back. He goes, we got the contract signed. I said, we gave away tens of thousands of dollars that we didn't need to. He goes, look, I'm the VP. I then called my CEO. The VP saw the name pop up on my car's Bluetooth. The CEO says, OP, how you doing? The VP pulled rank on me and gave the customer a 17.5% discount on his current plan, right as I was about to close him for more money. That's not right. Where's the VP? You're on speaker. He can hear you. Excellent. Hey, VP. Yes, sir? Tell me what happened. The VP told his side of the story and he admitted the truth, but also admitted to pulling rank and giving the customer a discount. The CEO says, Okay, thanks for your honesty. You're fired. Excuse me? You're fired. You have a one-year probation clause. You're done. You don't pull rank when you're in the field. You can't do this. I just did. You're to get on a plane and come back to your office and clean it out. OP, take Mr. VP back to his hotel and drop him off. Sure, no problem. (laughs) And for the next 20 minutes, I had an awkward car ride back to my former VP's hotel. Later on in an all-hands-on meeting, the CEO made sure to talk about how if an executive is in the field and pulls rank, it's a fireable offense for the executive, and he wants all the sales reps, sales managers, customer service reps, and collection reps to know that. And then, OP includes another story about the CEO. The company had a data plan, which gave us 4G on our iPads, phones, and laptops. Well, the company changed the service plan, and our data plan went down to only our phones, and we had to hotspot off of that. They said this move would save us $80,000 a month because we had like 4,000 employees in the field. Well, two months later, we had a conference, and after the conference, everyone went to the hotel bar. That's when I approached my CEO with another sales rep and talked to him about how much of a pain in the butt it was to hotspot all of our devices, and how much it drained our phone batteries and blah blah blah, and that I get it saves money, but it also costs productivity. The CEO nodded and said, Tell you what, in two weeks, the CIO is supposed to go in the field. I'll have him go in the field with you, and if he agrees that it's costing our reps productivity and causing any more workflow issues, I'll bring back the 4G data to all devices. The CIO was there, and the CEO said, CIO, you're going into the field, and you'll be riding with OP. Pay attention to how he uses 4G data, and if you think we should go back to the old plan where all devices had 4G. The CIO went into the field with me, and on the third day at breakfast, he said, Last night I called the CEO and I said, yeah, and he said, I made a recommendation that we go back to our old data plans and ensure that all your devices have 4G data. It's obviously creating productivity issues, and when you look at the cost per user, it's not that great. I come across a lot of obviously fake stories on Reddit, and this one takes the cake. A CEO who actually cares about and respects his employees? What is this, fantasy land? Jokes aside, I'm not surprised this company succeeded. It's incredibly rare that upper management actually understands what the regular employees go through. Honestly, I wish more companies would work like this. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish episodes that were banned from YouTube. Also, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.